Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it. So even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello folks and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I'm your host Paula Ovrujo, I'm a writer, theatre creator and marketer and this week we are talking about travelling with Ben Warren. Hey, Ben. Hey, how you doing? I am so wonderful. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, I'm excited to be here. You. Can you introduce yourself for the lovely listeners? Absolutely. Uh, I'm Ben Warren. I'm 26 years old. Uh, I've worked in a range of fields, including theatre and performance more generally in other mediums. I've also worked in the youth mental health sector for the last couple of years, uh, and I'm about to embark on some travel, which is one of the reasons I think that Paula has dragged me along today for this little chat. I have physically dragged him. Um, It was quite difficult because if you've ever met me, you'll know that I'm a fairly small human being uh, and I also have noodles for arms. So um, I put in a lot of effort to get him here for you today. Mm. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, Mm -hmm. those noodle arms are going to be exhausted. Mm, They are. But have you stumbled through anything today, Ben? Uh, today I did a little bit of stumbling through. Yeah. I've actually been doing a prolonged stumble through Mm. this week. It's been a few days in a row of stumbling through, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been sending emails to people overseas and navigating the weirdness of that and introducing myself to people who I've never met before and may never meet in the future, but as a way to try and sort of build some connections. Um, yeah, sending cold emails and it Mm. always feels like the weirdest, most invasive thing ever. Even though like everyone's doing it mm. and also probably less it's, people than everyone is really doing it. So it's actually kind of a good, unique thing to do. Yeah, um, it absolutely yeah. is. And like it, it's like um, it's it's just part of the practice really. Like it's professional practice in yeah, a way. Like, that's it, yeah. It's yeah. just like putting yourself out there. Mm. But, but that always feels weird. So. It does. It does feel weird to like slide into someone's inbox. Yeah. Like be that DMs yeah. or like professionally you're like, yeah. Hello. I did realize that the more I've done it, I've probably sent about 60 mm. emails in the last couple of days that over time, like it just gets so much easier. You become mm. really steeled to it, which is yeah. really nice for me. I've enjoyed that feeling of being like, whatever, I'm just going to click send anyway mm. and let it go off into the, into the ether. Yeah. It, the, um, the time between you finishing the email and then thinking fuck it and then hitting send yeah. becomes smaller and smaller as time Absolutely. goes on. Yeah, the first one's mm. always like, ooh, mm. all right, I'm going to let this sit over lunch. Mm. Like I'm going to go away, I'm going to have lunch and I'm going to come back and read it again yeah. just in case it's completely wrong. Mm. But yeah, it yeah. feels great. And then it, the, the time that it takes to press send is nothing. Yeah. 
Heck yeah, good on you, yeah. man. Like Feels 60 good. emails, that's... Yeah, probably more. first you have to have like a list of all the people that you want to send yes, it to. That's, that's a it. lot of research that you've put yeah. in. Yeah. Fortunately, Reddit did a bunch of that research for me. So Second, yeah. yeah. That was great. <laughs> so we are here to talk about traveling. Um, and I wanted to get us started, as um, I always do, with the most fun topic. Um, and that is visas and the importance of paperwork. Mm, everybody's <laughs> favorite topic. Definitely. Visas. I'm yeah. just a barrel of laugh, folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, visas suck and they're really expensive sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but they're really, yeah, nece- necessary evil, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what's any, any particular convo chat you want to throw around for visas? Um, I guess like there's a lot in terms of traveling that you can do on the fly and that you don't have to have planned out. Like you don't necessarily have to have accommodation planned out if you're mm. the type of person that is okay with that. I yeah. am not. Um, <laughs> Like I'm fine with, you know, being like, okay, well, I'll buy a ticket here and I'll, you know, book my accommodation until this point and then after that I'll decide. But um, just booking a ticket Mm. fills me with dread. Mm. Um, But unfortunately, visas aren't something that you can wing. Like if you intend to work while you travel, uh, particularly if that's like long term and particularly if that's in the country that you're traveling through as opposed to like over the internet – you need a specific visa, otherwise it's illegal. Yeah, totally. Mm. It's like, uh, I think fortunately um, in Australia where this podcast is being recorded mm. um, and probably where a lot of people are mm. listening to it, um, we have some really amazing relationships internationally with other countries yes. which make working mm. visas for often young people under 30 uh, actually really attractive and really easy to get. Mm. Um, so that's one of the things that I encountered when I was thinking about doing some travel was actually how doable it is. Yeah. And and how lucky we are to, to have these really great international relationships that mean that you can kind of elect to work in a whole bunch of different really cool places around mm. the world without running into major hurdles, especially when you're a young person. So um, that was something that was actually really, like, really gratifying to learn that I could work for two years um, and not have to really worry about the visa scenario. That was mm. pretty cool. But it did take a fair bit of planning and I was lucky that I sort of did that about six months before my planned travel so that I had a lot of time to, you know, try and work out which visa I needed and when I would likely need to apply and um, just to make sure I had all of those timelines really down pat. Um, So, yeah, definitely getting in early is super important (laughs) for visas. They're not, as you said, not the sort of thing that you can just wing. Um, Mm. You can't really stumble through your visa at the last minute. You can can stumble through it like six months before, which is kind Mm -hmm. of what I did. And, yeah, that's been a really good experience that way, so... I mean, you know, that being said, uh, I 100% stumbled through. Oh God, and I, I was shitting myself the whole time. And it was one of uh, the – it was not a good idea, but I stumbled through doing a holiday visa for the United States. Yeah, yuck. Uh, and Just I, anything to do with visa and United States oh is God. never going to be a fun time, I think. Man, it's really fucked up. Mm. Um, it – the – I, I have a whole note on my phone, which is a rant about why are they asking me these specific questions? Why do you need my street address? Why do you need the number of someone who works with me? Um, <laughs> but like I, I left that until I think um, two months before I left. Yeah. Um, it was only like, you know, a, a two night sort of three day stop over there. Oh. So I could have like... I could have worked my way around it, but it was not the best decision I've ever made. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I think that, it, I don't know, it feels mm. like 
anytime you're involved in like immigration stuff mm. and like visa related stuff, it can get a little bit invasive. Like mm. that, what you mentioned there, yeah. those questions that they're asking you, it feels like there's such a, it'd be a Venn <laughs> diagram between questions you get asked in like a visa <laughs> application slash interview yeah. and like a stalker's like <laughs> notebook. I think that the crossover there would be really interesting oh, to man. look at. And some of the questions, like. It's just one circle. Oh, it <laughs> <laughs> two titles it's it's one circle it is just a circle um but yeah and like I think that same can be said for um not about like the stalker situation but uh the same importance can be placed on a passport because that takes a long time even Mm. if you're just renewing it like it it takes forever yeah it's such a thing to be conscious of and I think that one of the great things about travel is that so much of your experience traveling is about spontaneity and about Mm. like opening yourself up to new experiences and just being able to say yes in the moment. Mm. Um, But actually to get to that point, you have to be really good at planning stuff and you have to really put in those hours and and make sure you've got that plan sort of well ahead of time. So um, yeah, that's definitely something that I've, I've become really aware of lately. And it's not just because like, you know, it's important. It's because that they can turn you away at the border. Mm. Like you can arrive in the airport and have everything booked and then they can be like, "Mm, no, bye. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. Like you can't do anything. Yeah, pretty terrifying. Yeah. I had this weird experience um, getting my, uh, like getting, going for my biometric uh, something or other interview for my uh, application for the UK. Ooh. And uh, like the weird, like just going into the immigration center and like having to leave my belongings in a little locker and like walking into a room and getting like this, like um, this like giant terrifying like immigration officer Mm. who just gave nothing away facially, like no emotion read you through what you had to do. Was a human boulder. And was, yeah, a human boulder and like was dressed, had the lanyard and everything. And I was sitting there terrified Mm -hmm. and did everything like according to the letter, but was also like, I was like, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. Like I don't Mm want to stuff this up. So like occasionally would like ask a question Mm -hmm. or seek clarification. Mm -hmm. And even that was treated with this like veneer of like, what the hell are you doing? Mm. You don't ask questions. <laughs> you just get oh it God. right the first time. Oh God, and it was so pretty terrifying. strange. Yeah, the whole experience was really off-putting. I think someone mentioned that they can create um, or there may be mm-hmm. um, instructions to create a hostile environment in mm. quotations. Um, and I think that's something for us to consider like when we do go into those environments. I'd never really been in that environment before and it really threw me for a loop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good thing to have gone through and yeah, lots of learnings came out of that. So planning is good yes and now on to the actual fun stuff yay Woo. so ben um how yes, far have you traveled and how much would you say um i don't have the distance in miles but um <laughs> i have traveled within australia a fair bit i've done a number of trips over to western australia um did a bit of time down in melbourne i've done a bunch of trips to melbourne because i think it's probably australia's most fun yeah. um sort of city to, to spend your time in um, traveled domestically to Sydney a bunch of times. I've done some driving travel. Yeah, because um, you did through school tours, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was touring around schools uh, in southeast Queensland, but that mm. didn't really take me too far afield. Oh, the okay. furthest I ever went for that was actually up to Cairns, mm. um, so way up north Queensland. Um, but that was a pretty rare sort of um, experience for me. 
Internationally, though, mm-hmm. I have done a little bit about four years ago. I did a nice trip to Europe. It was the first time I'd gone to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really exciting. Uh, I got to do sort of a whistle stop tour. So seeing oh. major destinations, big touristy things um, over the course of, of, of three weeks. Um, and I also got to spend like a week in London, which was cool because that was mm-hmm. kind of a nice spiritual home for me. Um, because of my background in the theatre. So it was really special. Did you get grit in your eye in London? Because every time I was in London, every day I got a piece of grit in my eye and I felt like that was the hostile environment London (laughs) was creating for me. It was just like, you want to be here? Well. (laughs) I think that's a very specific question. I don't think (laughs) I got grit in my eye every day, certainly not every day that I was in London. Um, But you do notice in a big city like that – I noticed in Paris as well when I was Mm. there, big cities create a lot of waste. The air is often hard to breathe. Um, It's, yeah, it's a really fascinating thing that like the big cities can come with those sorts of challenges. Except Paris for me was cleaner than London. Like London, there were just piles of garbage everywhere because they'd gotten rid of all these bins because of all those terror, um, terrorist attacks and bomb threats and things. Um, Whereas Paris, uh, they have these special bins where like, it's just a, a wrought iron cage basically that huh. they put um, like a see-through, like a clear plastic bag in so they can see everything that's yeah, yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. I found, yeah, I don't know, I found Paris really overwhelmingly big and a bit smelly and it just felt dirty. Mm. But I liked it, still yeah. liked it. I don't know what my reasons are for that. I big, have... dirty and smelly. Oh, man, I found Paris, Paris is beautiful, but mm. I kind of found it, to be like everyone is dressed up and going to a party, but they think they're too cool to dance. <laughs> that was my experience. I'm so sorry for any people who love Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny how we can like how we can process our first impressions of a place like like that. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a world famous city with a lot of people, a mm. lot of history and culture and all of that stuff and we can just like we can kind of take pot shots at a city like that because it's like what is it like Paris isn't gonna get upset like, <laughs> Paris doesn't care if I yeah. don't like it Paris doesn't like me so exactly um what was your biggest mistake that you made on your first trip uh I'll go with an overseas trip um I made a couple of mistakes on the over- overseas trip who doesn't um mainly it was around <laughs> I'm trying to phrase this really politely. Uh, It was around Mm. companions, so travel companions. I think that traveling with people is a really cool idea. Um, I (laughs) spent two of my three weeks overseas with my dad and I reckon – by the third day, we were kind of sick of each other. Oh no! So, and we 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 stumbled through. You know, mm. we we found a way to to live together and mm. and to travel together and you know stay out of each other's way as much as we could. Um, but I think that there was a certain degree of me just being so fed up with him by the end of it <laughs> that I was wanting to like just go it alone. Um, mm. But I liked the experience to to travel with my dad because let's be real, I'm a millennial. Having mm. dad foot the bill for stuff was nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, like he, he gave me the freedom to have a European trip that mm. um, I probably couldn't have afforded at that yeah. time. Like we were able to do things sort of in accordance with his budget, which would have been much yeah. sort of more luxe than mine. So, And that's, you know, not to say that we had a high roller like <laughs> No, but like, you know, there are certain things, yeah. That yeah, you it was might. like the difference between being in backpackers and mm-hmm. being in a hotel or an Airbnb like most of the nights of that trip. So, mm. um, yeah, so that was kind of nice. But equally it did come with the, the drawback of, yeah, kind of 
getting a bit tense with dad. Mm. Yeah, because it's like, I don't know, you're different around different people and all that jazz. Mm. And there's still like, no matter how old you get, there's always a parent-child relationship. Absolutely. And when you're trying to experience things Mm. for the first time and be an adult, having your dad. Yeah, having dad hanging out Mm. can be a little bit of a drag. But equally, I think it set me up really nicely for my next trip Mm. over there, which I'm about to go yeah. on because it means that I've sort of seen a bunch of stuff and I've I've gotten a lay of the land mm. that I wouldn't have had if if I hadn't had that freedom so absolutely and yeah. that experience with your dad like probably really like cemented like certain positive things in your relationship too because you're like mm. oh I now know how to communicate with you better yes and absolutely. yeah there yeah. so like it's it's never a waste never it was waste. yeah that's it never a waste always a really good learning mm. sort of opportunity heck and yeah um so what do you think uh, what what are the things that you found, like the biggest differences that you found between traveling internationally and nationally? Ooh, um, language, big one. Mm. Um, fortunately, you know, through much of continental Europe, like everyone Most just speaks speak English. English. Like it's incredible. Um, <laughs> I, I think that it is just something that you become more aware of when you travel over there for the first time because, you know, English is another language and English is not the like solo operating language, Um, which I think that traveling domestically, like you just never question your own rights to language, Mm. um, which I think is, um, yeah, it's just a really unique thing to, to experience. And, um, and it really makes you check your, your place in the world and, and acknowledge if you don't have other language skills, you know, which I don't um, like that it, it really puts that into perspective and, and makes you go, wow, kids actually grow up around the world knowing that English is like a commodity that they have to buy into. Mm. Whereas for me, it's just this thing that I assume will always be the required sort of fundamental. Mm. Um, so I think that, that that sort of is a really encouraging thing if you are looking to learn other languages as well because it, it makes you see the, the reality of that in practice. Absolutely. And like, you know, it's just, I think it can make us think about the way that we communicate and how that is so fundamental to the way that we live and experience the world. Because as you were saying, like for them, English is just a commodity that they kind of have to use. It's like a a skill that you have to learn, like driving. Yeah. Um, Well, at least now, at least in continental Europe, that Mm. will probably change soon. But it always strikes me that, you know, if, if I was placed in a room full of people who didn't speak English, I would not be myself Mm. if that makes sense because I would like I can't be funny or witty in the ways that I know how because they won't understand me like and it kind of strips you back Mm. to your barest bones Um, I think one of the really nice things that we can also do is and this is crossing mm. over into like your sort of domestic travel experience um, is to actually try to travel to places in Australia which have really high sort of proportions of, of travellers. So mm. um, uh, because, you know, Australia is a tourist destination, mm. we're actually really lucky that we we can access people from around the world all the time. Like I went to Melbourne on a recent trip and part of that was, uh, you know, sharing the trip with um, a couple of French people that I met there. And it was really lovely for me to be mm. sitting in a bar in a place that I kind of call home, you know, mm. as, a, as a city that I've lived in recently um, and to not have those those language rights that I, w- I was chatting about before, like oh. to actually be sitting there in a group and going, great, you guys are, you know, you guys are going to speak French mm. and, and I'm going to be a part of this and I'm going to try and be a participant 
And it's great because it actually allows your, your sort of companions in that moment to, to open the door for you and go, okay, we can translate this mm. little thing for you. Yeah. But generally you kind of have to learn how to, to exist without, without that skill. So yeah. I don't know. I find that to be a – it's sort of like a bit unsettling at first, but it's actually really refreshing when you go, oh, people are willing to have you along even if you can't communicate with, within language with them. So I think it's really special. That is special. It, it kind of sounds a bit like, um, you know, in Brecht, there's the, the Fremdungs-effect. Oh, yeah. Alienation. The Fremdungs? Yeah. yeah the, making I the don't familiar straight. I've always made like eight mm. different pronunciations of that yeah. word. So, um, I don't know. A German like. person once, I was trying to be like, oh, yeah, like in Brecht, the, the Fremdungs-effect. And he yeah. was like, the what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I have been saying this wrong for many years. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because, like, you're in that familiar kind of atmosphere. Yeah. But everything is suddenly different. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It is. It is really nice. And it, it does sort of turn the lens on you a little bit, mm. which is really lovely to, to be able to yeah. do that once in a while and, yeah, and to sort of lean into the, I guess, the awkwardness. But at the same mm. time, that might not be the best word for it. Like, I think it's just the, the learning and, like, this opportunity to have a new understanding. And I think, like, just travel does that in most situations that you go through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of travel, so <laughs> um, short-term travel, let's say short-term in this situation is like up to two months. Um, how would you think that you get the most out of it? Do you think there are any like major do's or don'ts? I think for short-term stuff, to make the most of it, I think it requires a bit of a structure. Mm. Like I think you need to need to have allowed a certain amount of time you know in each of the places that you're going mm. to it's also probably worth limiting the the amount of destinations that you want to go to yeah. i think like you don't want to try and and see everything in in eight weeks or less like no. it's it's sort of it's it's doable but you won't get much out of it mm. like you'll get if, off the bus you'll take a photo you'll exactly, leave and yeah. you won't soak in anything yeah you'll have recordings yeah. of it all mm. but that'll be the only way that you'll be able to access it down the line mm. i think so um, I think limiting it and, and I don't know, like maybe structuring it like according to a, a passion mm. or an interest might be a good yeah. way of doing it. Like if I've got two months and I want to go, you know, over to Europe or if I want to go through Southeast Asia or something mm. like that, it might be worth figuring out what what you really want to get out of that trip, whether yeah. it's like a professional development, whether it's wanting to meet people, whether it's wanting to go and do like adventurous activities or something, whatever it is. And then I guess planning around that just so that you can feel like at the end of that time you've sort of been able to check things off or, or, or really make ground or mm. the stuff sort of make progress on. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, I think you're right. Like slower travel is ideal in a lot of ways because mm. like, you know, whistle-stop tours are great mm. but not, I don't think, for extended periods of time because you kind of miss out, like you were saying, because yeah. you just like skim really yeah. quickly across the surface. Yeah, you also just get like – you get whiplash stuff. yeah like you mm. just you see it and then you're constantly being like Ricocheting smashed onto the, the next thing, thing. like mm. and i just i don't think that yeah i don't think that's the best like it's not like i found that it was pretty difficult to maintain my own energy mm. and sort of like my drive to yeah. see stuff because i was constantly bouncing from one thing to the next mm. so yeah and i think um like you were saying sort of structuring not only giving yourself enough time to take things in and to get what you want 
out of the trip but to structure it around like a particular theme or stuff like that um certainly from my travels what I've learned is that um because the first time I traveled I had a lot of things that I wanted to see like um museums that I wanted to go to parks I wanted to go through um I wanted to visit of course I'm going to visit the elephant house when I'm in Edinburgh like every cafe claims to have been the birthplace of Harry Potter but this one looks at the castle (laughs) from this one window and I'm like that's definitely where she sat and so I will pay 18 pounds (laughs) for two very rubbery pancakes Uh, the rubbery pancake is also the name of a, a local bar, I think. <laughs> it should be. Yeah. But I found at the end of that trip um, that like I had a really wonderful time, but I also was like, oh, I kind of wish that I had structured in more like activities as opposed to just like locations because yeah. it felt like, oh, I've seen a lot, but I haven't mm. like physically tapped into what mm. it is to be in this city. Mm. And yeah, I prefer B tourist yeah. destinations because yeah. otherwise you just go and line up. Yeah, for a you photo. spend a lot of time in, in lines for photos, yeah. Mm. I think, uh, yeah, we, we I reckon we'll loop back around to this, mm. but like one of the big distinctions between that sort of short-term and long-term is I think what you're getting at there in terms of the difference between being able to go and see stuff and maybe being able to go and do some stuff mm. versus being able to immerse yourself into into sort of what that world actually yeah. is. So yeah. Absolutely. Um, so long-term travel specifically, how to – and money. Oh, money. Yeah, yeah, that thing, that like great enabler of Ugh. life, but also it just a runs us of all. needing. Um, yeah, I yeah, I think that the long term thing. I think that one of the great things about doing long term travel travel is that you kind of, unless you know you've you've done very well for yourself. Um, well, alternatively, yeah, we're just born with a trust fund. Yeah, which, yeah. You know, no, no judgment. Go yeah. you. Heck yeah. If you got it share it um <laughs> i think that the it's one of the blessings in disguise i think of of long-term travel mm. is that you you're forced to work you you can't really just go and do it and expect to be able to you know stay mm. somewhere for six twelve you know 24 months yeah. without the reality of work of of getting that visa yeah. um it's the learning opportunity almost. It's, it's yeah. a challenge and a joy yeah. and yeah. I had someone mention to me years ago that one of the – or maybe I read it somewhere that the, the best way to immerse yourself in a culture is to contribute to it economically. So oh. <laughs> fulfill your, <laughs> fulfill your, <laughs> your, your profit-raising destiny hey. um, as a cog in the capitalist machine. Heck yeah, um, capitalist. Because, because everyone else is in that. Mm. Like or mo- yeah. a lot of people are existing in that place mm. within that model of, you know, going to work and of, of working hard and then using their spare time to, to mm. bring joy to their own lives or whatever. You know, all that shit. Um, I mean, like that is kind of like a universal thing. It just – it changes based on where you are and the people that you're yes. around. So yeah. it does make sense. You're yeah. right to like Im- – I don't know. I, I I see where you're coming from because it's like, um, sorry, my brain just had like five thoughts collide, <laughs> uh, and now there's a, an awful car wreck with no survivors. For um, anyone listening, <laughs> I can see this car wreck happening all over Paula's face. <laughs> um, uh, I see what you mean because, like, uh, that's the way that we experience life, and so in order to like properly immerse yourself in the place and the culture and to understand mm. what it means to exist here geographically and whatever else, mm. um, you know, like Other you've got to, 
um, you've kind of like, you know, when you've got um, jump rope. Oh, there are so many metaphors here. Um, you know, <laughs> when you're in the playground and there are two people like doing skipping rope things yeah, and you sure. like to, to play the game, you got to jump recently, in. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to jump in. Uh-huh. Jump, jump. Like that's. Yes. The, you got to like join to yeah. understand what it is. Yeah. Just as like when I was traveling, one of my things was that. I, I told myself, I don't want to just do the same things here that I would have been doing at home. Like, mm. I'm not just going to sit in cafes in my spare time and I'm not just going <laughs> to, like, um, but at the same time, like, 1,000% did sit in cafes yeah. and I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. And I loved going to the libraries. It was amazing. Yeah. It, I think that it's one of those beautiful things that you can you can operate in both worlds when mm. you're traveling and when you've got that long-term um, sort of uh, plan for your travel – in order to be not the creepy person at the <laughs> park watching two people <laughs> skipping a rope with no one in the middle and just being like, I'm going to stand here and smoke a cigarette and read some, like, <laughs> Chaucer. Rent some, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, just going to sit here and yeah. watch those two girls skipping and read some Jack Kerouac. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to get involved. No. I'm actually <laughs> <laughs> I just did a wanking hand motion yes. just for those. <laughs> Square brackets, wank hand. Um, yeah, I think that... It's an it's almost a necessity that you work in order mm. to fund your experience over there, mm. but also it's almost a necessity in order to scratch below the surface to mm. see what the people there actually do. And yeah. realistically, like cities are very different, you know, in terms of their arch- architecture and their, their you know developmental status and whatever. All the but bureaucracy, yeah, the rules. yeah. There's so many things that separate mm. them, but really the people within them are the are mm. the key sort of defining factor. In, or uh, I don't know. That's my perspective. That could be a, yeah, a, well, I think a like, step too far, but I think I think are, you have to get involved with the people. Like, absolutely, I totally agree. I think that because that's where it shows up. Like the differences show up most in people and how willing they are to interact with you and how like. It, yeah, yep, 100%. Um, back to earning money, though. Oh. Let's brainstorm yeah, have to, have some to, jobs. Yeah. All right. Um, so things that we have heard. Yeah. Nannying. Nannying, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Lovely. Ooh. Especially good if you're in Australia and uh, mm. connected to key figures in the LMP. <laughs> um, they'll, get oh. you, they'll get you out of a bind. Um, um, uh, I've also... English language tutoring yeah, and stuff like absolutely. put your number up on the university's boards. Yeah, yeah, yep. that English. Yeah. yeah, teaching English is a massive one. A mm. lot of people, you know, travel with the intention of doing that. I think. Yeah. Um, well, uh, there's there's actually quite a like a sort of burgeoning market for you know obviously your blogging and that mm. sort of stuff, which is a great thing. It's I think that one's more fickle. Like you mm. it's not like a reliable yeah. source of income. It's sort of if you've already got a following. Yeah, then, you can't just yeah. you can't step into that role. No, not unless well I mean like you could, but you can't just step into that role and automatically start earning money a yeah. lot of the time. I'm sure there are many yeah. exceptions and indeed many online courses espouse uh, you know, all these reviews that tell mm. you that, oh, just buy my online course mm. and you will be able to do this in six months or less. It's like, yeah, I think that there's there's a there's a reason that people are trying to earn money off that. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think it's not super reliable, but, you know, go for mm. it. Like for me, I'm, I'm going to be spending a lot of time writing and reflecting mm. about my travels because that's one of the ways yeah. that I sort of, that's how I 
exist day to day is by doing a bit of journaling. So I think the idea of actually channeling that onto an online sort of platform is kind of attractive to me. I just don't know if it's the sort of thing I'd actually want to rely on for money because it yeah. seems a little bit fickle. Well, it's also, um, it changes the practice itself. Like the minute that you add the desire or need to earn money from something, it changes your entire relationship yeah, with totally. it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other stuff... Um, well, waitressing, bartending, yeah. glassies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hospitality jobs mm-hmm. are yeah, Retail. really, really good, especially when you're traveling. Yeah, although I reckon it would be much more difficult to take a retail job if you didn't speak the language than HOSPO because yeah, totally. I think HOSPO you could kind of like mm, muddle yeah. through a little bit in terms of, you know, you just need to know the order numbers and where things go in the table stuff. Yeah. But well, I don't know, having never really worked mm. in hospitality, maybe I'm yeah. completely wrong. It's, I think... In any circumstance when you're going to be doing a fair bit of communication, you're going to need to either know the local language or have the local language be English. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a, yeah, something that's worth investing in. Um, Could he be a tour guide? I don't know. Yeah, like, tour guide tour stuff. Guides? I've been looking yeah. at that recently. Yeah. Um, Scuba diving instructors, yeah. stuff like that, which once again you have to have pre-existing yep. skills. Got to get your, your little tickets for that. Mm. Um, but I guess on that, like there's a there's something to be said for identifying what the like region-specific skills that you might have are. So, oh. you know, like in the southern – like in southeast Queensland, for mm. instance, like we have great weather where, you know – Surfing instructors. Yeah, surfing instructors, mm. that sort of thing. Like, yeah, like there there might be things just in your day-to-day life yeah. that you've sort of like acquired as skills yeah. that you would never think to turn a coin off, but then overseas they become really relevant or something like that. So, yeah, um, who yeah. I know that like the festival scene's really big um, mm. through Europe um, in the summer months. Like that's a really mm-hmm. key time and it's kind of yeah. seasonal. But if you're going over there and you want to spend time well. at festivals and traveling around doing those amazing experiences, there are stacks of jobs that crop up there. Heck Often yeah. people don't really want them because they don't pay super well, mm. like they're short term, like there's no real progression in no. them. Um, but it's an amazing opportunity. Like if you just want to, you know, if you want to live that carny lifestyle, like heck yeah, it's who doesn't? A real possibility. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, look, it's certainly a noteworthy experience, and I think that it'll teach you a lot and make you grow in ways. That you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. So um, now it's time for the Things I've Never Said segment where we accept anonymous submissions and confessions from our listeners on the topic we discuss. So today it is travelling. So we've got our submission here saying, travelling can be so expensive and if you do want to travel as much as you wish, you have to work extremely hard, not to mention organise the time off from work. Some workplaces are really supportive and some are really not. It's a gamble between filling your heart and being stressed out that you'll be okay all the time. Mm. Yeah, look, if you want to – I've met a couple of people, particularly while I was traveling, that um, they pack up their bags, they earn like a whole heap of money over a certain period of time and then they go off to the next place and then travel for a while until the money runs out and then earn some more money and then keep going. And if that's what you want to do – most of the jobs that we've just talked about is kind of where you're going to have to stay, like casual roles that mm. don't require, like, that you can sort of pick up and put down. Yeah, contract stuff, mm. like if it's a six-month contract or something like that yeah. can sometimes be a really good option. Yeah, yeah. but, um, you know, yeah. having a job that's – I think it would be very difficult to be a lawyer and do that, you know, like one of those kind of jobs where Absolutely. you need kind of yeah. a history and consistency and yeah. Yeah, I think – there are very few occupations in which traveling regularly is going to help your cause in terms mm. of getting further in your industry. Absolutely. 
I like I quit my job because I <laughs> like that's it. Like, and mm. it's such, that's I think one of the most telling things and really mm. connected to um, to what that submission speaks to is that idea that like yeah, it's we 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 live and work in a society that doesn't really facilitate you just taking big gaps and big time off like no we, we don't like that no we really don't and and our whole world is structured according to you know having to pay for things every week um and realistically like you kind of need to shift your entire lifestyle if you want to travel for you know more than four weeks in a year so yeah. that's kind of yeah that's what i did i quit my job mm. so Absolutely. And like everyone quit your jobs. Yeah, That's quit my your jobs, advice. book a ticket. Don't worry about the visa or yeah, the passport. Just show up. You'll it. be fine. <laughs> don't do any of that. Please. Please don't. I mean, like maybe a little bit, but not not the visa stuff. Please. Yeah. I accept no responsibility if you do. So the other submission. Um the next submission we have is I don't need to go to Italy. There's a Domino's pizza down the road. <laughs> I don't think you do need to go to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should stay. <laughs> yeah, you stay right here. <laughs> this one's got it figured out. Why are you listening to the podcast, friend? <laughs> but is, uh, that does touch on something really nice, which is cultural exchange through food. Like, oh my god, yeah! Like that, I think is so cool because, like, mm. we can take my Domino's eating palate mm-hmm. that you know <laughs> can't taste a thing and put it in you know in Rome and mm. give it a slice of authentic. Roman Italian pizza. pizza. And That's that different. will be like a gobsmacking experience for me, literally. Mm. So there yeah. is a, there are actually um specific rules. Like mm. like se- there there's a separate governing body yep. that sets and enforces rules on how to make pizza. Yeah. 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 What ah oh, there was there a was a show. Yeah, there's doco, a show. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What the is street it? food or something? No, or, um, it wasn't. Is it the one where it's like acid fat something? Yeah. Is that it? Acid fat something sounds really terrifying. <laughs> oh, God. Um, um, it's, it's like uh, it's, it was it's on that really cool The show chef. that rhymes with the, the – yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to say Netflix. This is in the ABC. <laughs> we, <laughs> this it's, is a it's podcast. On yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that show. Yeah, it was and amazing. Like, yeah. Everyone, for everyone listening, it's mm. just it's, – it's that show. You'll know it. Yeah. If you've – if you've seen it, you'll know it. And if you haven't seen it, well, you should have. Yeah. But, like, I think that that's amazing that they regulate mm. their food like that. Like, Love that. It's incredible. <laughs> like, it's a historical thing. Um, well, it's a bit like um, French bakeries. They, like, basically go on a rotation and they have to be because the French people can never be without their bread. And so bakeries can't just close on any day that they want. They, like, have to coordinate within the city, like, when you're allowed Whoa. to be. Yeah, yeah, because, like, you're not. Oh, and also, like, baguettes have to be made in a very specific way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't yeah. know that. That's so cool. Yeah. That one I learned on Metropolis, which is also another Netflix series, which is right. very cool. That's amazing. Yes. Um, Submission number three. Four? Three? I don't know. Uh, The thing with traveling is you go away and grow and change and then you come back and everyone is the same. I don't know if it's just me, but I get really frustrated with friends and family when I come home. I think think there's like like within the structure of that submission, it's really interesting because you go away and you go traveling, you have the amazing experience and then – Oh no! I think Paul is just like trying to like offer it so I don't misquote (laughs) (laughs) the person who submitted it. But like within that idea, I think is something really powerful, and which is at the core Mm. of why a lot of people go traveling. It's Mm. like you go away, you have these amazing experiences, you come back, and everything feels the same, and you feel like there's something out of balance there. Mm. And I think that's because not everyone is the same. 
like you are not the same. Yeah. You come back and everything else is different because you are different. Absolutely. And I think that that's really cool and that's kind of the whole point. Sometimes though, it's really tough. Like you get back and and you feel like you've you have to slot back into your existing lifestyle. So I found can. like when I came back from overseas the first mm-hmm. time, I was extraordinarily grateful. I was grateful for having the people around me, the support networks, the familiarity of knowing where to get a bus from, of mm. where I can get cheap food. Of certainty. Like certainty is mm. really powerful and really comforting. And I think that that's one of the greatest things that we can get when we travel yeah. is actually coming home and, and experiencing home afresh. Absolutely. I think you, you've touched on some really like meaty stuff, like the fact that you can't ever truly come home because – it changed like it doesn't keep it doesn't stay the same it keeps moving the same as like Heraclitus who was the um, ancient Greek philosopher who was like you can never step in the same river twice because it keeps flowing Mm -hmm. and so do you and I don't know I feel like it can be very frustrating to come back from traveling when you've grown and now suddenly there's a friction because you can't slot back into your space because you don't fit it anymore Mm. Maybe now like the space that you slotted into isn't necessarily smaller, but it's just a different shape. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's things have also changed since you've been away. Mm. I think that that I, I was painfully aware of that when I immigrated here because I could see life going on without me over Facebook. And I knew that like it wasn't gonna stop, but it was so strange to be like, but that that's not supposed to happen without me there. Like I'm meant mm. to be there. I meant to be in those photos. I meant to what? And it was this huge dissonance that I had to get over and work through. I just want to point out the fact that you just like quoted Heraclitus and that's (laughs) that's probably one of the more impressive things I've seen all week. So congratulations. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) What can I say? I am a true wanker. (laughs) Um, So... um, uh, before we finish up, I would like to ask you the same question that I ask everyone, uh, which is what would you do if you knew 10,000 people would do the same? Mm-hmm. I would vote for the Greens in the electorate of Griffith in the upcoming federal election. Uh-huh. I don't know when this will be released, but um, if, uh, if you're listening and you're in the future, tell us how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also do that even if... No one else was mm. going to do it. Anyway, uh, that's yeah, my little political that... contribution to this moment in time. Oh, I hope it gets released much. before May 18. No. No. <laughs> Sorry, friend. Great. Sorry. <laughs> well, mean... In that case, uh, I'll just you stop using straws and shit. <laughs> um, oh, um, where can we find you and do you have anything to plug? Ah. Uh, I've actually kind of just wrapped everything up in this country. But we um, can follow you, right? We yeah. can follow your travels. Yeah, you can follow my travels. Um, I've got an Instagram handle, yeah. Benjamin A.J. Warren. Um, Again? Benjamin A.J. Warren. Thank you. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and stuff, but I don't really use it. You know, I don't really have that much of an mm. online presence. Um But, you know, hit me up if you're ever traveling to Europe um, and you need a buddy. One thing that I've found in the last couple of months is that I've just been shamelessly reaching out to people. People Mm. who I don't know, people who are friends of friends, people I haven't spoken to in a decade. Um, But there's no shame in that. Yeah, and there's no shame in it. And so it's been really refreshing. Um, And I, yeah, I just, I, I do put myself out there now and say, yeah. 
hit me up if you need some chat, if you need someone to chat to. It's remarkable how being in a new place with with very mm. few people that you know can actually really um, empower you to to meet new people. So do that. I'll be on couch surfers. Oh my goodness! One of my mm. travel tips is couch surfers. I've never used it before, but I'm going over and I'm going to lean into it. It's going to be pretty weird. Okay. Yeah. Let us know how that goes. Um, what, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to make sure that you have like that little pin emoji and then your current location on Instagram. I'm going to be everywhere. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so that we know that like, because it's, you know, like what if, what if Josie in Istanbul is like, heck yeah, let's, let's hang out. Yeah. But, you know. It's pretty hard when you're traveling to, to, yeah, to let mm. people know where you are. That mm. bio is going to be changing constantly. It will be. Also free Wi-Fi is like. The Holy Grail. Got to find it. Yeah. Yes. Get yes. On it. If someone could just like compile a list of all the best free Wi-Fis mm. in all the world, that'd be cool. Thank yeah. you. Little go-to list would be nice. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for coming on, Ben, and for chatting with me and for sharing so much of your experience. It's, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Paula. Yeah. Um, and of course, thank you all for listening. Thanks as always to Zane at That's Not Canon Productions for producing the show. Thank you to Claudia Piggott who made the graphics. Music is by Jessica Fletcher. And if you've stumbled upon us, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at StumbleThroughPod and Facebook as StumbleThroughPodcast. And now there's a whole swanky Facebook group. So yeah, find us. Come join the community. I'm really excited to like hang out with you all. Thanks. Bye. So, what should I listen to now? We are Castology. This is our podcast about podcasts. We are your Castologists, Patrick Shearer, Liz Best, and Zancy Weber. Each week, we'll bring you three of the best and sometimes not so best podcasts around. We'll also do the hard work and trawl the RSS feeds to find the newest podcast that should be on your radar. And then next week, we come back and tell you what we thought of the recommendations and bring three new sparkling podcasts to check out. Now, will we always agree with each other's picks? Probably not. But hey, you're clever. You know that's how reviews work. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcatcher of your choice. That's not kind of productions podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.